Today, we're going to do Q&A for Coaching for Potential. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Roland. Hello, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thank you. And we're going to do a, a, a different kind of episode today. We're going to do a Q&A episode. Q, which stands for questions and answers. Exactly folks. right. And uh, so we're just going to you are going to throw some questions out there and and uh, see what happens. Now, are questions important at all in the coaching <laughs> model? Not at all. Yeah, they're, they're, you need to go in there, tell people how to do their job, and just say, this is a dictatorship, and I want you to do this. And you'll get remarkable, <laughs> fast results. I don't know even why we're going through the coaching process. Yeah. This is good because uh, uh, you talk a lot about questions and the thought bubble. Mm-hmm. This is the thought bubble is coming to you, my friend. The, the thought bubble this time is coming. I'm a little frightened, actually. Okay. I'm a little. I'm a little concerned. I'm a little nervous right here. This is the first time I've been very nervous uh, to do a podcast because we're going to do the Q and A, and they're going to throw them at me. So uh, this is the way we're going to start it. Okay. So here's the first one. Okay. This comes. Fr- this is a person that says, "I lead meetings, but I don't seem to connect with them." Okay. With with I guess with the people that sure. Hear. I just start out talking about the goals. Where we are with our projects, but sometimes the conversation doesn't flow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it's just like walking up to somebody on the street and saying, uh, "Hey, how's the job going?" Uh, there's no connection. There's no. Con- there's no. There's no human. That human connection is so important. Yeah. And uh, Bill Campbell, they wrote a book called The Trillion Dollar Coach. He was a a coach to just you know Google folks and all of that. And one of the things that he did in, in helping Google run meetings more effectively was just a very simple technique. And that technique is ask somebody if they took a trip this weekend, the, the trip story, and have somebody tell a story about, you know, the, this weekend they went here or they went there and they did this. Because everybody's always got a story mm-hmm. and you've always had a flat tire or, you know, the hotel had roaches or, you know, just some bad thing that happened or you know, they they brought you your meal, but it wasn't the meal you ordered, and yeah. but you went ahead and ate it anyway. I mean, was something interesting, <laughs> or a movie they saw, or right. something. Yeah, yeah. Did you have did you, did you do something this weekend mm-hmm. to get the flow of the conversation? And then you know, have one or two people tell that story, and then go into the process because now you've got people kind of warmed up, you've got them connected, uh, you've got uh, you just got people doing that. Uh, so just giving people connection. The best connection technique that I have seen. Uh, was from a story I had in my best boss book, and in that book, uh, there was a guy. He came over. He was a brand new sales manager, and so he brought all of his salespeople together, and he asked them, "We need to get to know each other. Need to, you know, know more about each other." So his question was, "I want you to take a moment right now by yourself, write down three, four, five people who've had a huge impact in your life, wow. helped you become who you were." We're going to kind of call them your board of directors. And so people, of course, talked about their high school basketball coach or their mom or their dad or an uncle or their adopted parents or all kinds of lists of folks. And then as you go around the room, he said when all 15 people shared about two or three of them, he said, I looked at them differently as human yeah, beings. Sure. I kind of knew what drove them, what was important to them, what was the impact in their life. And then guess what? Then they had a sales meeting. And I mean, it was a half-day program, so they had time to do that. But it really allowed them to do that. But that'd be another question you can ask 
prior to a meeting, hey, somebody bring a story about one of the most influential people in your life and how they made an impact with you. Then all of a sudden you've got people talking in a human mm -hmm. connection standpoint, and then you can talk about goals and projects and things like that. And it'll flow much easier because you'll have that human connection. What this person is missing is that, con that human yeah. connection right off the bat. Too many times managers think they're doing a presentation as, instead of a conversation. Right. And leadership is really a conversation, leading with questions by Michael Marquardt and asking questions as coaching. It's truly a conversation. You've got to people, if you want people to be engaged, they have to be engaged in the conversation. And if they're not, you're not going to be successful with it. So that's just such an important key in that process. Well, I, I think, let's see here. Yeah, you passed that first question. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay. All right. Here's another one. All right. Okay. I had an employee come into my office and he was very upset. Right. I was under a gigantic deadline. Oh, okay. this, this that's is not a very common one. <laughs> that's not real life at all. Yeah. I could tell um, I was upset. He he could tell I was upset by saying we have to talk about it later. Right. I think this person upset their person that came in. Right. So, and we, no, no, that's perfect. We all have people who walk into our offices and we've got all kinds of responsibilities and deadlines and just all kinds of things going on. And so then how do we handle that in, in such a, a way that we can uh, do it in a positive, productive way? And so what you can say to that person is, hey, I've only got a minute here. I've got to get this project done. Is this something we can do in a minute or... Would you like me to really dedicate the time that you need to deal with this? And can we set up a time on my calendar that you and I can talk? Which is the best way to do this? I can do, I can give you one minute right now, but I really want to give you my undivided and full attention. Could we set up a meeting to do that? Or is this something that's such a crisis right now, but I've only got a minute to do it. And, and then that's kind of being realistic with them, but it's also being respectful to your time and to their time. And that's a challenging scenario. Mm -hmm. Or you can also bring in another manager into this, uh, you know, another situation. But there's, we all have pressures from all kinds of scenarios. Right. And we've got to be respectful and kind to people when that happens. So I think that's a, that's a good way to and go about it. if you don't it. take that extra step, you're probably going to spend more time dealing with the ramifications of it anyway. Right. You know? And, and it, may, it all depends on how big it is. I mean, you've got to, as a manager, you've got to triage problems all day long. You know, if this is this is a, a fatal error and the business is going to fail because of it, then your gigantic deadline is irrelevant. Then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you've got to deal with this. Um, or, you know, you've got, you're working in a financial institution and somebody just ran into the uh, ATM outside and there's money floating around. You probably, <laughs> <laughs> you probably want to go out there and collect as much money as you can, find out if the person who ran into the ATM is fine. Right. What's the, you know, what's the, uh, the issue here? Uh, if that was happening. So you just, Obviously, you've got different levels of crisis, but you've got to ask too. you know, tell me a little bit about the scenario. And would you like me to give you your undivided attention at times where you can get the best? I can give you the best uh, attention I can in that process. And so uh, being respectful of them is very, very important in that process. Okay. The, okay. The judges agree. <laughs> that one. <laughs> All right. And an employee came into my office. I had a terrible day that day. Right. And I snapped at them, and they quit. Ooh, Ooh. Ouch. I feel terrible. What should I have done? Mm. Oh, my. <laughs> well, we know we shouldn't do that again, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's, they've, they've learned from that perspective. I was, if I was coaching this manager and I were to ask them, what did you learn from that process? They're probably going to say, I won't do that again. Great. 
But the question is, how do we how do we handle that in a scenario? And it's really interesting this question, because again, I I'm, I have no idea why I'm putting all of these in my best boss book because that was not the intent of, of this process to talk <laughs> about that. But there's actually a story out of my best boss book, precisely about this, where a manager had an employee come in. Uh, she had a really bad day. Uh, you know, she had just talked to another employee before that. That employee upset her. A new, another employee comes in with another problem. She was still upset from employee number one. And now employee comes number two comes in and she's upset and they have a really, really bad conversation. And it goes south for a whole host of reasons. And that manager actually had gone through this process. Okay. I handled this poorly. How do I handle it again? And this was back in the days when, remember when Windows would have the blue screen of death? Oh, yeah. And you'd have the blue screen of death. And so she had the blue screen of death and she was the CEO of an organization. So oh. she called, yeah. So she called down to the IT department and says, What can I do? And of course, she was hoping they'd have some kind of magic. And they said, No, you just got to, you know, turn the thing off, turn it back on. She goes, well, What's going to happen when I work? Your work's going to be gone. You're going to have to recreate it. Great. Uh, and then she goes, well, what does hitting the button do when I, when I turn it off, what does that do? And she said, uh, or the tech person says it, it resets everything to zero that a computer is just a series of zeros and ones. And then with a certain sequence, it makes numbers and letters and all these kinds of things that we allow it to program into a computer. And he says, what it does is it resets everything to zero. And so that became her mantra that when she had dealt with a situation that was a negative situation, she had to basically reboot, reset to zero. So she didn't have any lag of that last event having the impact on this event. Uh, and so we've got to be able to do that when a person comes in and uh, has that scenario. And the, the way that, that I heard the story was actually from a third person. She had actually seen her boss uh, handle the scenario very, very effectively where she went up and she was going to knock on the door and the door was cracked and, you know, the boss is just chewing somebody out and she overhears it. She begins to leave, but their meeting broke up and she actually sees this employee walking down the hallway. She brought her in and said, hey, how can I help you? What's going on? And the employee was just stunned. The manager before that was so, so upset that, you know, she was really literally almost screaming at this employee, but now she was so incredibly pleasant. So she finally had to ask her, you know, <laughs> how did you do this? And that's where she found uh, the reset to zero wow. story where she went back to her about a month later and says, I don't mean to pry. I'm not trying to be nosy, but I just need to know, how did you do that? How did yeah. you reset? And she goes, it's just so important to reset when a, when a crisis like that occurs. And on this one too, don't you think that Snapping one time usually doesn't make someone quit. Right. There was obviously probably something else. There right. Too. There was other things. But, you know, you don't you don't want your bad behavior True. to be the right. last straw on the camel's back. Right. Right. You know, that that's no matter what, we're all going to feel terrible. OK, good. Good. <laughs> uh, next one. My manager gave me my annual review. <laughs> Which is actually a good thing. A lot right. of managers never do that. Right, right, right. Okay. My manager gave me my annual review, and he just wrote, good job. <laughs> oh, man. What does that mean? Wow. Well, apparently, they did a good job. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, just everything's just good. Just good job. Uh, this is really an interesting question. I've had a, a, a little background uh, here on this one. These have all, all of these questions have brought up memories throughout my career. But I remember working in an organization one time as financial institution. And the CEO uh, was very upset. It was annual review time. And a number of people had actually done this where they wrote good job on the annual reviews. So it was, I was doing a, a senior level executive 
conference for them and the CEOs there and just all the C-level folks. And the CEO was hot. He came in. He sl- <laughs> <laughs> Nessa's never good to start a meeting out like this. He's hot. He says, I've got a number of annual reviews here and hand them out. He handed them out. He says, what do you see as similarities there? And uh, one of the managers said, wow, I see a lot of people wrote good job. He goes, absolutely right. He says, I see a lot of people wrote good job. They write anything else? No, just good job. Okay. How does that help develop an employee? Mm-hmm. And they, well, I don't know. He says, I will tell you this. Another manager who writes good job on their evaluation, go back and tell, the, this is another proclamation from on oh, high. Okay. Right? But this okay. is actually a pretty good one. Yeah. If they write good job on an evaluation of an employee, they are fired. Wow. They are fired. Am I clear on this? We'll have a meeting to talk about how to develop people, but this is absolutely awful. And really in retrospect, as I was leaving on that event and thinking about it, driving the rental car to the airport and then getting in the plane and things like that, that was more an explanation or more of a critique of the CEO than anyone else. If he hadn't taken the time and the effort and energy to show people how to coach or even how to write a a feedback and evaluation, it's not their mistake. Uh It's your mistake as a leader of not giving them the tools to do the evaluation in a proper and effective way. So, yeah, um, I feel sorry for this person. They just had their RAN review and they just uh, all they wrote in there was good job. Uh, But if they worked at the organization I was just talking about. Uh, that they would, be, they would be able to rejoice in the they fact would, that their manager's going to get yeah. fired. Well, they, now they get great work, <laughs> <laughs> right? Just write great hey, work. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't write good, good job. job. You told me not to write good job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we passed that one. Yeah. Okay, one more. <clears throat> All right. I heard another manager giving praise to an employee, and it was way over the top. Okay. I want to make sure I am believable when I recognize an employee. Mm. Any tips? That's a great. Interesting. That is a great question. You know, you want to make sure that you're honest, authentic, and vulnerable when you give feedback. And I, I actually use that as my technique of measuring folks that I work with is uh, from a coaching perspective, are they honest, vulnerable, and authentic? But we've got to be honest, authentic when we give feedback, but I'll give them uh, the five S technique uh, for giving feedback. And it's short, sweet, soon, sincere, and specific. And for recognizing people, you know, when somebody does something well, uh, compliments go bad with age. So we want to make sure that we really... Compliments go bad with age. They do. They, you know, they've, they've got a, a shelf life. Mm-hmm. You can't go to somebody and say, hey, you know, six months ago you did that project and that's really great. I mean, I just, I, I never thought about saying anything about it in the last six months, but now it just came to me <clears> and I <throat> wanted to do that. You know, it's going to lose its I- impact. But if, you, but if you do it soon after the event, as soon as you're aware of it, you know, you tell them, great job. Uh, that's going to have an impact. You, they know that you noticed that process. So the five S's are short, sweet, soon, sincere, and specific. So obviously do it, you know, short behind there. You want to, you just want to be something sweet, like great job on this project. You also want to make it specific and sincere. And the way that you make it more sincere is being more specific. I love what you did on this project. Like I was walking by one time and this guy ran, you know, a multi-billion dollar financial institution. And so he walked me through his team meetings or his, he gave me a tour of the entire organization. And I'll never forget, he walked into the marketing manager's office and he said, great job on that article about the power of compound interest in saving for an IRA. People need to know about the power of contract interest. They need to know about the power of savings so they can have that. They can have some money there for a rainy day. You did a great job for that. That was well done. 
And then he just walked off. I mean, he just, and so he really did what's called drive-by compliments in his organization. Mm-hmm. And that was a really a concept of his, but he wanted yeah. to be specific and sincere when he did it. So he always went by and he would say something that they did very, very well. So short, sweet, soon, sincere, and specific. And if you do that, if you do all five of them, short, sweet, soon, short, sweet, soon, sincere, and specific, you're going to be able to recognize an employee in a way that's authentic. It's not over the top and that they will really feel a sense of appreciation. I I can always remember seeing the look on that manager's face, that marketing director's face when he left her office. I mean, she, you can almost see her floating in the air. I mean, she just, she was just almost beaming because he was so specific on, you know, how you did that. He basically said, I love the whole newsletter you did, but I love that article. It's very, very powerful. People know that one thing. And, uh, it's just, it's just, in, in leadership, what gets rewarded gets repeated. So if you want this yeah. behavior to happen in the future, we've got to ask for it. We've got to make sure that we reward it. So what gets rewarded gets repeated. And this is a great way to do that. Short, sweet, soon, sincere, and specific. Hey, do, do you think that with this question that when they say way over the top, they mean it didn't sound sincere? Is that right. it? Yeah, I just think- some people, I mean, they really are very good at giving compliments and they're mm-hmm. just, it's something they like to do. And maybe right. for them, it's not way over the top. Right. But it must not sound very sincere when she heard it. Yeah, I mean. Or he heard it, I guess. Right. Um, you've probably seen it in, in you know times in your career where somebody just, the one person gets the praise from the boss, greatest salesperson ever. We're so lucky to have them. They're yeah. just absolutely tremendous. This organization wouldn't survive without them. Wow, if we didn't have them. But they weren't talking about anything they did well. Right. You know, but if you've seen another manager who said, I got to tell you, Jim handled the Smith account so well, or Allison did such a great job mm-hmm. on the Patterson project. And the, the three things that she did well were she made she kept sure she followed up with it, even though the Patterson folks weren't very interested to start. She continued to build those relationships. She built those relationships by going over there and visiting with them and really asking questions that added value and then finding out what they really needed and then got us in the door when really another vendor had the chance to do that. She went above and beyond and we have the Patterson account because she did these things. See the difference? Yes, absolutely. And so rather Well, I guess I'm just kind of bringing up that different people like different styles as well. Absolutely. So if you feel like maybe you're being over the top, that person may like it, you know? Right. One person may not. I don't know. No, that is absolutely I true. I hope you don't mind me throwing that in there. No, I'm glad you did because that's exactly right. That's a very, very powerful idea. I've got I've got managers who I coach, and they actually say, this person does not want me to give them public right, praise. Right. They don't want it. They absolutely do not want it. They're, they're kind of an introvert. Uh, do they want to be recognized for their work? Yes, but I do it privately. They do not want that public mm-hmm. recognition. But there are other people who really like the public recognition, and then it's okay to do that. But you've also got to kind of navigate that too, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to give away awards this year. You've won one. You know, how do you want me to present it to you? Yeah. It, so that, you know, if do you want it way over the top or how do you want it or what's important to you uh, is such an important key. So that is a great question, you know, if you, way over the top. Jim was the greatest salesperson of the decade and he got us the, you know, the Smith account where... He did it. <laughs> so I was five for five there. Thank God. Five for five. This is the first time I've ever, I think, ever taken a test, and I've actually got all five answers right. Well, you you, you did everything exactly correct. Wow. I, I, I don't so- want to be way over the top there. 
it, I I like public recognition, and I'm not afraid of having <laughs> it over the top. Good, good. So you could you could have gone there; would have been fine. Now, if people want to get uh, more question answered, mm-hmm. but they don't want it on a podcast, they just want to talk to you individually. How right. do they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can get a hold of me at RoyRoland.com, or they can go to CoachingManager.University. Uh, we've got our 52 module program, and I guess I'll tell you what: I am still in the spirit of giving. So really, the, I'm still it's way after Christmas. Uh, this is way after Christmas, but I'm still in the business of giving. And what I want to do is anybody who's the very first person who sends me an email saying they want to be a member of the coaching manager university uh, scholarship program, I will give them a free scholarship to it. We also for scholarship participants have a month, um, once a month webinar. And in that webinar, guess what? They can actually talk to me and other folks who are taking this live and saying, what are some of the issues or challenges they're facing? We just use first names. We don't use company names and uh, we get a chance to really talk about real life examples that they're dealing with. Excellent. Thank you for caring. It's been a great uh, 2020 so far. It has been. Thank you, Paul. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRoland.com.